It's Thursday in the fifth week of Lent. It's Passion Tide. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. Today the Roman station is at Santa Polinare alle Terme Neroniane Alessandrine, close to the famed Piazza Navona. Saint Apollinaris, the first bishop of Ravenna, may have been born in Syria near Antioch. In Ravenna he suffered greatly, having been beaten many times, almost to death. He was finally killed in a suburb of Ravenna called Classe, probably during the time of Septimius Severus, near the end of the third century. A church was built here in Rome by at least the pontificate of Pope Adrian I, who died in 795. And this church has its date from the late 7th or early 8th century. This had been the site of the baths of Nero and Alexander. The first church was demolished and a new one built by Pope Benedict XIV, Lambertini, in the mid-18th century. It was first attached to the German college, and then the Jesuits got their clutches on it, or, um, humbly accepted care of it, though the Jesuits were suppressed in 1773 by Clement XIV of very happy memory. Since 1990, Opus Dei has had control of this place, and this is where the Roman University of the Holy Cross, Santa Croce, is housed. There is a chapel at the entrance to the basilica, which is turned perpendicular to the orientation of the church, which is a little strange. It has a beautiful crowned image of Mary. The crowned images are not all that easy to find, Outside of Rome, that is, there are only some 1,300 of them in the world. Inside the basilica, you will find a beautiful cosmetesque floor and a fresco with the life of St. Apollinaris. From the newly released English translation of Le Carême au jour le jour by Patrick Troadec. It's called Towards Easter, Daily Readings and Meditations to Pray Alone or as a Family. The story of Mary Magdalene is one of the most moving passages in the Gospel. It is the perfect counterpart to the story of the prodigal son. This woman had been leading a worldly and sinful life. She had sought happiness in the disorder of sin and had found only emptiness and shame. But as soon as she hears the words of Jesus, as soon as she sees him so dignified, so majestic, and at the same time so good, so merciful, so indulgent toward the small and the weak, there awakens in her soul a sense for the true, the beautiful, and the good. Now she has before her eyes a model to which she compares everything that surrounds her and what she is herself, and she is seized with loathing both for the world and for herself. Remorse burns in her heart so intensely that she begins to detest sin. She kneels at the feet of Jesus. She washes them with the tears of repentance. She wipes them with her hair, of which she had once been so proud. It is the silent admission, holding back nothing, which tells everything and begs for pity. Jesus lets her go on. He does not push away this woman of evil life. He accepts that she touch his very pure flesh. And this contact purifies her. Not a word of reproach, not a word that might confound her. On the contrary, Magdalene is forgiven, justified, transformed. Go in peace. 
he does not even tell her, Sin no more. It is done. Jesus alone has the goodness to forgive with so much delicacy. Simon would have pushed this sinner away. He would have said, Get out of here. I am pure. Pure. Who is as pure as Jesus? He is true in his purity. He does not make a parade of it. He understands human misery, and he reaches out toward it. He lets her kiss his feet. It is over. Everything is forgiven. Go in peace. I thank thee, my God, on behalf of all us poor sinners. Lord Jesus, may I have the same spirit as Mary Magdalene in every one of my confessions. <laughs>